in learning about Isaiah and the central focus of Isaiah is Christ Jesus in the Bible school. And I want these two young men to come and share with us for 10 minutes about the Jesus of the Bible. I will let you know when 10 minutes is over. Please relax and enjoy yourself. Brother Eric. Praise the Lord. Uh, What touched me from the book of Isaiah is in Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8, which reads, And a highway will be there, and it will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it, and wicked fools will not go about on it. Uh, This scripture talks about a way to God, and... Um, In our everyday lives, many engineers have made ways from, like, uh, computers and, you know, tunnels and bridges overseas and things like that. But no engineer has made a way from sin to holiness and from death to life and from condemnation to perfection. And it's saying that this highway is going to be like uh, a way from sin into God and it's the way that brings us from death to life in Jesus because it says in um, it says in the Bible that Jesus cancelled every written code and every legal argument that stood against us and this highway is the only path taking us from sin to death I mean from sin to life and it also tells, and the Bible also tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through Him. So, um, if this is the way of holiness from sin into God, then, and Jesus is the only way, then we must recognize that for us to truly be reckoned in God's book of life, we must uh, make sure that we realize that the only true way into God is through Jesus and no matter how religious we are like coming to church every single day without truly acknowledging Jesus there's no hope for us and one hears many tales of um, people who are uh, like they seem so good to everybody making it like they're in the church every day you see them praying with you but um, you see that Uh, they didn't make it into heaven and it's because these people failed to truly acknowledge Jesus so in our everyday lives we must remember that Jesus is definitely the only way of holiness from death to life and we must never ever forget to acknowledge Jesus in anything that we do Amen This is the shortest sermon of Brother Eric. I gave him 10 minutes. He has spoken in 3 minutes. Now, Apostle, in combination with Brother Eric, will drive the nail right through. I believe that none of us have had this message since we were born. 
I have been longer than at least everyone in this church when it comes to the, mat- the affairs of heaven. And I'm hearing Brother Eric by the Holy Spirit saying, a way will be there. Verse 8, isn't it? It will be called the way of holiness. I want us not to miss what God said through him. The first thing you said is that there are many ways already that is existing. But the way that Jesus Christ came to pave never existed. Because this is the only one who paved the way and made the way from death to life. Did I hear you right? Good. So, this is the only way from death to life. It is the only way from sin to salvation. Yes. And you quoted from the book of uh, Colossians that having cancelled every written code that writes that stands against all, with all the legal demands, Jesus nailed them on the cross. And then you said from the book of John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I think I can also say that um, from when you said that, you said everyone should recognize this, that Jesus is the only way. There is no other way to God, the Father, except through the Son. I was on television today to prepare the message for, for the new year. And you know, on that television program, I was told to speak about Jesus. And one of the scriptures that God puts in my heart is this. Jesus is the son of the living God. And this is one of the things you are saying here now. Because Jesus is the son of the living God, and he is the only one that God has sent to make the way for man. A way that had never been made, and his own way, the streets shall be called holiness. So he is the one that bridged the gap between life and death, and between sin and salvation. Correct? Yes. That's interesting. You can, you can say something if you want to say something when I'm talking. I will let you speak. Alright then. No wonder the Bible says in the book of John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Some people are still having problems about that. Because some people, as I was sharing today in the television, believe that how can God just make one way to him? But the answer is so simple. If we look humanly, we came to this world through one way, by birth. And we leave this world through one way, by death, isn't it? So if it is by one way, we ex- we, nobody disappears in this world. Everybody that lives die. So the, the, the only thing that takes man from existence is death. So if we can understand that naturally then, I think it shouldn't be something too cumbersome to understand that Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the son of the living God. God loved the world. He gave Jesus to the world. But anyone who believes in him is the one that will not perish. And I recognize you are telling the church also that just make sure that you truly believe in Christ. Correct. Okay, let me give two more things. In line with what you are sharing, you spoke about the fact that Jesus Christ became, is the one that breathed away from sin to salvation. The book of John chapter 4, John 2, 
2. It says he is the atoning sacrifice, that is Jesus, for our sins. And not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. So, which means that those of us who are born again right now, who are Christians, the first part has happened to us. He has atoned for our sins. We have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. We have been transformed from sinful way into the way of holiness. But not only us, Jesus also died for the whole world, of which we were part of before we became born again. Which means if anybody is listening right now or watching anywhere in the whole world, because this is a cast that is watched all over the world now, I want to say to you, you can do something good for yourself in this Christmas. And the best thing you can do for yourself in this Christmas is to accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Not only that, to accept that you are a sinner and that it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away your sins. And if you accept that in this tonight as listening to us, I don't know, in your region, it may be in the day and some of, some of that region like in India, you, you are probably in your, towards your midnight now. If you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive your sins, let me tell you, the blood of Jesus is waiting for you before you repent. So that the moment you repent, the blood cleanses you from all your sins. Correct. Okay, now, let's look at one more. The issue about um, how can Jesus be the only way? Some people believe that religion is what is necessary to enter into the kingdom of God. Either you call it Christian religion, or you call it Islamic religion, or you call it Hindu religion. Jesus said none of them is the way. Religion is not the way. The way is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God. Of course, those who believe in him are called Christians, not those who go to church. But if anyone believes in Jesus, who is a Christian, he will go to church. Isn't it? But not everybody who comes to church are children of God. Some come to church to investigate some come to church because they are sick and they want a miracle. But some come to church because they are born again and they have come to serve Jesus Christ, who is their Lord. Therefore, this issue of religion or no religion, I think Jesus put us through when he was saying in the book of John fourteen five, He said, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that confirms what you are saying. Jesus is the only way. It is in the way you find the truth. And it is in the truth that you have life. Anyone, our time is up now. Anyone who does not, who has not found Jesus, have not found the way back to God. Yes? Because that is your Isaiah that you read. Read that Isaiah again, that verse 8 again. And and the highway will be there, mm-hmm. and it will be called the way of holiness. It will be only for those who walk on the way, on that way. The unclean will not journey on it, and wicked fools will not go about on it. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So, the way is called the way of holiness? No wonder Jesus said, I am the way. Now, it says the unclean will not walk in the way, isn't it? Yes? Yes, sir. Say that again. The unclean will 
the unclean will not journey on it, and wicked fools will not go about on it. Oh, wicked fools will not go about it. The unclean will not journey. Why? Because Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. When you walk in the way, you find the truth. And wickedness is lack of truth, isn't it? Because someone is ignorant of the, ignorant of the truth, he becomes wicked. He engages himself in wicked acts. And of course, too, the unclean, that is interesting, that is the defile. You know, a person reckless in life, a person who, who behaves like the people in the world, and anything can go. I was talking about that today, that people should know this. When a man is in Christ Jesus, a new creation, it begins from the changes in the way you think. Because now you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2.16 so, if someone says I'm a Christian, but you are still walking in the old ways, your Christianity is questionable, isn't it? Because the unclean will not come into that way. Alright, so it's not just confessing Jesus. It's walking in the way. And if you walk in the way, you'll find the truth. And it is truth that gives you life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, truth brings life. And you can never find truth except through the way, the highway, the way of holiness, which is Jesus Christ. Now, just to conclude on what Brother Eric is saying, and I want you to read this to everyone. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12. I love your Bible. It is interesting. Read it. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. Salvation is found in no one else. It doesn't matter whether you call him a religion, or you call him a religious leader, or you call him a prophet, or you call him anything. Salvation is found in no one else. And there is no any name under heaven by which man can be saved. Do you know something I discovered? Since I was growing up till now, I discovered that something strange about Christians, which you can't find in anybody. It is the confidence they have in calling the name of Jesus, especially when they are in situations they need God to intervene. And I've never seen any religious person, whatever religion they believe in, call the name of their religious leader. Why? Because every religious leader or not died and they rotten in the grave. What gave Jesus supremacy? One of it is that Jesus died, he rose on the third day, and then he ascended to heaven, and he gives power to those who believe in him. So much more that those who believe in Jesus, when they have circumstances, they want God's intervention, spontaneously they will call Jesus, and help will come from heaven, and the blind see, and the lame walk, and the lives of people are transformed, because there is power. Power in the name of Jesus. And I believe also that that can be the the valid point that Jesus is what he claims he is. He says, I'm the son of God. He says, I go to my father. He's the only one who dared to call God his father. And he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Everything Jesus said is true. Salvation is found in no one else. Maybe you need to read one more scripture to those who are viewers. 
And this scripture is about the fact that if this is all about Jesus, we're telling you, you can be a child of God too, like Jesus. Now read the book of John chapter 1 verse 12 to verse 13. You can become a child of God like Jesus. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Amen. Come on, say something about that. Um, Jesus only gives the right to become his children to those who will receive him and those who believe in his name. And the reason why many people on earth who call themselves Christians but aren't really children of God is because they haven't fully received his name. That's right. Yes, go ahead. They haven't really received him. But Jesus says, to all who really will receive him and believe in his name, these ones he gives the right to become children of God. But also, these aren't children born of, like, in the natural way. But these are children born by God because of Jesus' sacrifice. Amen. Wow. Put your hands together for Brother Eric. Do you know something, Brother Eric? Both of us were preaching together sometime. And I will just trigger the word and you will, you will explain to them. Because you have such a profound insight. You didn't prepare this, I just asked you. And you have just answered very correctly. Those who received him, yeah? And who believed in his name. So, a good number of people say, I receive him, but they have not really do- done that. Because what is the evidence that a man has received Jesus is the transformation of his heart. A man before salvation is a brute sinner. They can sin recklessly. But when you accept Jesus Christ from what you're saying, you have a conviction, the Spirit of God in you will restrict you from doing the things you used to do before. You can't dress like the world. You can't speak like the world. You can't do those things that you used to do before. And that is true acceptance of Jesus Christ. But also, it spoke about received and believe, Isn't it? Then you become son of God. If we receive him, then we must believe in him. Believe in him as what? Believe that Jesus is what he claims he is, without any argument. And believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is what he says he is, And Jesus is who he claims he is. He is the son of God. That is who. What is he? He is a miracle worker. Wonderful. Counselor. He is the mighty God. That is what the book of Isaiah says. Shall we put our hands together for Brother Eric? Thank you so much, Brother Eric. You are very profound in the word of God. The inside of the word of God. And God will continue to bless you. I want to call in Brother... Um, what is his name again, Prophet? Stephen. Put your hands on Brother Eric as he goes to sit down. Let's welcome Brother Stephen. How old are you, Brother Eric? Ten years old. Ten. My, oh my. You were, you, you, you've done it quicker because Jesus went to the temple at twelve and he turned the temple upside down by his knowledge of the world. But Jesus has given you the same knowledge at ten. Come on now. Let's put our hands together. Brother Stephen, come and share with us for 10 minutes. 
or if it is just for three minutes, whatever, just tell us some things about Jesus that you learned from the book of Isaiah. I can see this feel good as one because there's that scripture I wanted to use, Brother Eric also used. So, but I want to talk about also um, from, we can see in the book of Isaiah, like two main parts of God, God as a loving father, but also God as a judge. And in Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 53, we see God's love and compassion. And we can see how God sent his son Jesus to die for us. And it's important for us to remember God's love in our everyday lives. And it's interesting because if you notice, if you're reading all the Bible studies the apostle has been giving us, when they're talking about salvation, it's mostly the name of Jesus used, not the name of God. And this is to stop confusion because it shows how Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's no other way except through Jesus. And we can see how Jesus died for us and sacrificially laid down his life for us, which is the greatest act of love. John chapter 15 verse 13. And this is um, the message that we need to preach, the message of salvation. This is what touches the lives of many people. It lets people know that they're loved. That word that we may say, Jesus loves you, may sound to us insignificant, but it can really minister to people. So I pray that God will help us to evangelize in this season. And in Isaiah 53, it goes on and describing all the suffering, all the pain that Jesus went through for us. So this is important why we shouldn't despise the blood, but always remember Jesus' sacrifice. And if you go to Isaiah 35 verse 8, which says, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. The wicked fools will not go about on it. Like our Father and the Lord said, only those, like what makes a Christian different from others is their transformation from what they were to what they used to be. So if a person claims that he knows Jesus, but he's still acting in his old habits, still acting in the world, though he professed to know Christ, that doesn't necessarily mean he has confessed him. Because those who confess him, we can see it. Like in the book of 1 John, it says we know those who are children of God from those who are children of the devil. It's because of their lifestyle. So it's important for us to live as children of God. We shouldn't just profess to know Jesus, but we should act it out. And also in Isaiah, well, in Isaiah, we can also see God as a judge, because we can see how God was talking about judgment to the people of Israel. And in Isaiah chapter, um, like I said, 35 verse 8, we can see how it's important for us to live godly lives because if we want to walk on that way, that way of holiness, we must be clean, meaning that we must put our lives right. We need to follow the instructions our Father and the Lord has given us, and we need to obey the commands in the Bible. And in this season, we're celebrating Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord, in Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, 
It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So you can see how God Himself, out of His great love and kindness, sent Jesus for us. And it wasn't because of our goodness or our righteousness, but it was because of his love. So we should always remember that. And here it lists the titles of Jesus. And because Jesus has been sent to us, like our father knew was talking about yesterday, that's why we shouldn't fear anything. The minute we accept Jesus, Jesus lives in us. So we don't need to fear anything. It says in Isaiah 43, verse Two, it says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Because Jesus lives inside us, we don't need to fear anything. Like in the book of Colossians 1 verse 15 onwards, it talks about the supremacy of Jesus. Jesus created all things. He's before all things. We shouldn't fear the created things we should fear only the creator that is the lord himself he lives inside us so we shouldn't fear anything and sometimes when we're in situations we forget that jesus is with us but it's important to remember that jesus is always with us no matter what as he told us that he would be in matthew 28 verse 20 i'll surely be with you even to the very end of age so i want to crown all what i've said it's important for us to remember firstly jesus's love and that jesus is always with us so we shouldn't fear anything but we should go out and win souls for the kingdom thank you There is something I want you to notice, that the two young men have different personalities. That's the first thing you should recognize. From the personality of Brother Eric, Brother Eric, come over. We're having, we are doing a tag team champion now. From the personality of Brother Eric, you know he's an evangelist. And from the personality of Brother Stephen, you know he's a teacher. If you look at both of them, come near me, Brother Eric, come over and stand. If you look at both of them, amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit gave them the same scripture. Now let me say this. For Brother Eric, you know, he said he wanted to share the word of God on my birthday. He wanted to preach to everybody who will come. And I told him that my birthday is praise night. Even I myself, I'm not allowed to preach. That we have been having preaching now. That day is just for us to celebrate and praise God, thank God for everything. And so mommy said that, you know, Brerick, you will share briefly on, on Christmas Day, on uh, the Jesus Seminar. Uh, but for Brother Stephen, he wasn't told. I just told him right now that you will share. But before Brother Eric started speaking... The scripture God gave Brother Eric, God gave the same scripture to Brother Stephen. Is that not amazing? That tells us that the Spirit of God is one. How old are you, Brother Steve? Fifteen. 
you are 15, just five years older than Brother Eric. That's interesting. You know, what God is speaking through both of them is the same. But he is an extension. Um, uh, Brother Steve is an extension of Brother Eric. Brother Eric started by helping us understand that Jesus is the only way. There are many ways, okay, that have been established before Christ. But when Jesus came, he established a way that had never been established and that would never be established, which is the way of holiness. I would gather, and he told us about how you can join that way of holiness with salvation and how you should walk in holiness. And I can hear very well the Spirit of God saying the same thing through Brother Stephen. But I would say that when Brother Stephen was expounding what God gave him, something struck me very strongly. I think Brother Stephen, God is through Brother Stephen, God is speaking more to those who go to church. That is what God is speaking about to those of us who profess to follow Jesus. And um, one of the things that really struck me was that, do you know that all the promises that Jesus made is to the, the redeemed? They is to those who believe in him and are walking in his ways. Can you imagine how many Christians claim those promises? That's why nothing happened to them. Because to come to church does not give you the right to covenant. No, 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 no. It only gives you the opportunity to hear the truth so that you will change. For covenant of God to be fulfilled, your life has to change first. The condition precedence on the covenant of God is for the redeemed. If you read that chapter 38 again of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 38, let me see if I can go back to that Isaiah 38. Only the redeemed will work there. If we look at it, um, it, it, I'll just read this to you. It says, and the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. So Christians only can walk in the way of holiness. That's the reason what, he was, uh, what Brad Stephen was trying to help us recognize. The things I teach you, take them to heart. I said on television today, you know, God told me about next year. And I've spoken about some of the things that will happen next year on television. I haven't shared some of them with the church. You know, the glory of God will come to the earth in the year 2019. But it will only alight on people whose heart are prepared for the Lord. Because clean substance cannot be put on an unclean vessel. So this period of the church age is for Christians who have derogated from the truth to cleanse themselves so that they will be partaker of the glory that is to come. And that glory will distinct from those who serve God and those who do not serve God. And that's what you are saying here. Christians need to know you are not called into sin. You are redeemed from sin and called into holiness. It is not the way of gossip, of backbiting. It is not the way of assassinating people's character. It is the way of godliness. It is not the way of frustration. Because Isaiah that you read before in chapter 9 says in verse 1, And there shall, be no, there, shall, there shall be no more gloom for those who are distressed. So, if somebody is a believer, you need to know this. The reason why many people go to church and claim to be Christians and yet their life is, you know, you know even worse than those who are outside <clears throat> sometimes, 
pray, 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 God don't hear you. You try many things and things are getting from bad to worse. It's because they have accepted Jesus, but they have refused to walk in the way. Because the way of Jesus is called the way of holiness. You have to dissociate yourself from this worldliness for you to be able to walk in the way of holiness. And he says, no lion will be there. Amen. No, no, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed, <clears throat> the redeemed are people <clears throat> who have been delivered from the world, whose desire is for Jesus only. They are not people who come to church every Sunday. They go to church every time. Bible studies, they don't miss it. Prayer, they don't miss it. There are people who have found relationship, a new relationship in God through Christ. And they want to know more. They want to become more. And these are the people the Bible called the redeemed. And therefore, all covenant of the scripture is to the redeemed. And it says in verse 10 of that same scripture, And the ransom of the Lord will return. That the redeemed of the Lord will return they will enter Zion, will sing in everlasting joy, will crown their head. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sigh will flee away. Who is this scripture uh, applied to? The redeemed, people who walk with Jesus in the ways of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we say to every one of us, I believe God is challenging us here. We must do everything in our power to stop the devil from using our mind and abusing our thoughts. If you are a believer, you must stay clear. You must stand clear. And people should know you by your character, by your way of life, by your way of thinking, by your words. That these words are the words Jesus could speak. I was saying to them on the television, to those who are general overseers like myself and archbishops like myself, and those who are bishops and overseers of, of churches and pastors of churches, I was saying this to them. You know, in, the, in this year, over the years of this year, we have seen empire builders in the church of the living God. People called by God, raised by God, and they soon dissociate themselves from the flock that they cannot sit down with the church members. They cannot eat with the church members. Even the church members look at them as uh, even more than God. If God walk into some churches, they will ignore him. But if their pastor walk in, they will heal him. Because people have built empires by the devil. And many people have become worshippers of men. And I say, the Lord told me that next year, the thought is this. Anything you do as a shepherd, first think, will Jesus do it that way? And that's the best way to judge it. Jesus Christ will do a preaching for thousands of people, and after they have all gone, he will be on the floor with his disciples, sleep with them, eat with them, sit down with them. And that is where they could question him. And I said to people in the television, you hear that, the first message of the new year. Christians should sit their pastors down and question him. Hallelujah, somebody. A pastor, a bishop, an archbishop, a general overseer that cannot be questioned by members, I think... He's not that kind of a man like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. A general overseer who we are having a party, they have to put his food in a closet, in a room, so that he cannot eat among his members. I will question whether he is like Jesus, because Jesus fed the 5,000 and he was among them eating the same food that they ate together. But you are going to see empires collapse in the new year. Now therefore, in conclusion... While he was reading 
um, Stephen was reading, he read the book of Isaiah 43, and something struck me in 43. He says, let me read from verse 1, he read verse 2. He says, but now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, that is the church of God, fear not, for I have redeemed you. And that is the blood of the Lamb, salvation that comes by Christ Jesus, born again. I have summoned you by name. That is why they call them Christian, people who are like Christ, people who behave like Christ, who eat like Christ, who heal the sick like Christ, who cast out devils like Christ, and who walk like Christ. He gives them the new name. He says, you are mine. Then what did he say in verse 2? You will pass through the waters. I will be with you. It's for those who follow Jesus. That promise is not just for anybody who comes to church. It's for everyone who has made up their mind to put the world behind them and they aim to become like Jesus. It's not talking about being perfect now. It's talking about somebody who dread by the word of God. Somebody who does not want to offend the word of God. Somebody who has esteemed the word of God above everything. He says, when you pass through waters, I will be with you. Because he said, for the redeemed, isn't it? And when you pass through rivers... I will be with you. They will not sweep you over. When you walk through fire, you will never be born. The flames will not set you ablaze. That happened in time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they threw them in the fire, they did not burn. So if you look at this, it is essential for us to know this. That Jesus came, not just to start a movement on earth. But to redeem man who will walk in the way called holiness. Total obedience to God. So that we can make a difference in the years to come. The world is now totally confused. And more confusion God told me will happen next year. To the whole world. That the Lord told me that the confusion they saw this year is a child's play. Hallelujah somebody. You didn't say amen. If you didn't say amen, I think you didn't understand. I have to preach more. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen and amen. Now, we are going for our Christmas party. I end up by reading this. And we're going to read it together. Look at the book of First John. Where's the Bible, Brother Eric? You can read this one. You read First John chapter 2, chapter two verse. You read from verse 1 to verse 3. And you read from, Brother Stephen, you read from verse 4 to verse Verse uh, 5. Okay, brother, brother Eric. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have the one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for us but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to him if we obey his commands. Amen. All right, verse 7. The man who says, I know him, but does, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Amen. This is interesting. And I read from verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Let's stand up together. We are going to pray for ourselves tonight. That Father, give me a heart 
that loves you. A heart that submits to you. And help me, Lord, to listen to your voice. Shall we begin to ask the Lord? Give me a heart that will obey you. Pray and tell the Lord, I want to serve you, Lord. I want to obey you, Lord. Give me a, a, an ear that will hear you and a heart that will obey you. It says, if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him, by obedience. Whoever claims to live, to be in, live in him must walk as Jesus did. He says we know that we have come to know him only if we obey his commands. Help us, O oh God, to obey your commands. Help me, Lord Jesus. As we go into the new year, tell the Lord, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Cleanse my heart, Lord. We want to be the working Jesus on the streets of London. Young and old. We have 10 year old here representing all those who are younger. We have 15 year old here representing all the teenagers. And we have apostle here representing everybody to age of 120. Tell the Lord, make me a difference in this new year. Tell the Lord, anoint my heart with power to obey you. Anoint my will to submit to you. Let me be a sacrifice unto you, Lord. Transform me, O God. Tell the Lord, use me mightily in Great Britain. As a worker of miracle, preaching the gospel. Tell the Lord, give me utterance. Give me utterance that I may preach your word. Tell the Lord, let my life be an example. Let my life be an example. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. It says in the former book of Theophilus, I have written concerning what Jesus began to do and to teach. Tell God, help me, give me ability to do your will, even before I teach it. Tell God, let my life be the gospel. You are the letters written to the world, says the word of God. So is my time, O oh God. It is my time, Lord. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying.